From there, we moved down to the smallest city, which was just next to Uvita, called Ojochal in the province of Puntarenas on the southern western coast. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? Well, that's our Right Club online community. It's a place where you can find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. And we've got interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, hours of videos, a wide range of real estate investing training and education, tons of great information. It's free to join. Be sure to come grow with us at The Right Club dot com now on with the podcast right club nation welcome back i'm sarah larby and i'm here today with my wonderful co-host francois lantier hey buddy how are you good and you good good so today we've got natasha coltrero who is living the dream moved from canada from oshawa to costa rica with her family just in 2020 and doesn't have any plans necessarily to come back but she's been a real estate investor since 2006 has also built a property management company and was able to port that and work remotely and uh, you know visit the country with her 12 year old daughter her husband and uh, you know they are they are sharing some of the insights and the tips about what we might need to know before going and moving to Costa Rica if that is something you want to do right now you're probably listening to this it is cold outside and you want to find a new opportunity or expand, maybe buy in a different country or live in a different country for half the year, live the dream. I mean, everything is very much more remote now. This is going to be the show for you. Francois, any thoughts? Yes. So I want to be a digital nomad. You have to listen in to understand what it's about, but that's perfect that whatever I do, I could do remotely. I just have to convince my wife and kids. So Sarah, you're a little bit freer. (laughs) would it work for you you could teach from anywhere yeah absolutely I mean I I think we're probably two years away like Matt I'm I'm working on retiring him I I think we're we're two years away and then we are going to be digital nomads and I don't need to worry about snow ever again and that's the goal so let's bring in Natasha right club nation thanks for tuning in I hope you enjoy today's podcast Natasha welcome to the show I'm excited to be talking to you today how are you I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now you've been on my podcast before. We had a great conversation and we were talking a little bit prior to this and I was saying I'm a little jealous of your lifestyle right now because I'm in Canada in the cold and you are in the beautiful country of Costa Rica. That's right. Yep. We're in Potrero right now. Nice. Nice. So how did this all come about? Because essentially, you know, you're Canadian, you started your business uh, up in Canada, in Ontario, uh, and decided to move. So maybe just walk us through a little bit of, of how that all happened, how you got into real estate investing, uh, your management, uh, property management company, and, and then we'll kind of fast forward to how the hell do we get ourselves over to Costa Rica? <laughs> Absolutely. I really have to start with my husband because I've known him since he was a teenager. We've been together the majority of our lives. And ever since I met him, when we were, when we were just teenagers, he always wanted to move to California. 
and he had this idea of what California is like in his head, you know, this was the goal. And we actually tried. We tried really hard for many, many years uh, to immigrate to the United States, but it's surprisingly difficult, even for Canadian citizens. And then there was a point where there was some changes. There were some changes in the political um, part of the country, and they, it made it a little less desirable for us to move there. In the meantime, in 2017, we came to visit Costa Rica for the first time, and we realized that we could have everything that we wanted here in Costa Rica quicker and cheaper than deciding to than a, than a move to California. And so that's how we decided we, we wanted to come here. That's uh, so exciting. And you have a daughter as well. So how did was she born when you were planning this or what? <laughs> she was, yes. She's a big girl. She's 12 and a half, going on 25. <laughs> And she, at that time when we made the decision, Paul and I, my husband and I, we had come and visited Costa Rica on our own and she hadn't seen it. And so we told her, you know, we're going to move. And, and she said, well, I've never been there. And so we thought, okay, you know what, we could use one more trip. Uh, and just, and we brought my mom and her husband and our daughter and we came, the second trip was in March, 2020. And we came for a week. And when we got back to, uh, to Canada, um COVID hit and it was lockdown so that's kind of that's kind of how we started our lockdown and we realized that we were going to make this happen and we could make this happen uh sooner than we thought and um it took a it took um a little bit of planning and uh a little bit of prep but um October 2020 was when we made the big move. We sold our primary home in Oshawa and we moved down here and we've been renting ever since. We've been um, testing different areas, different um, provinces and countries, or sorry, provinces and cities in the country. And this is where we've ended up. That's awesome. So you went from Oshawa, you know, in, in a, a house working as a property manager and realized that all of a sudden everything was going remote as well. Like I think when, you know, one of the small, maybe good things that happened throughout COVID uh, was that everything became very virtual and like working virtually became more and more accepted. Um, but maybe just share how your business maybe progressed throughout, you know, from the time that you were uh in oshawa to the time that you were in in costa rica and how you managed to you know really ultimately manage tenants uh from afar i think that with the knowledge that we wanted to move you know pretty much our entire adult lives that kind of you know that little bug in my ear was always there so there was a part of me that was prepping for this when i when my when i built the property management company I knew that we were going to eventually move. I actually had a conversation with my husband and I said, should I even bother starting this now? Should we just wait till we move and I can do something in Costa Rica or California, wherever we were at the time. But we made the decision that no, you know what, it's worth it. Let's start the let's start the business now. And I started the business to keep things lean. I never actually established a an office. So we were never paying that rent for an office. It was always a virtual business. Even with the hires that we had, um, if we we used to have meetings at restaurants, and you know we used to uh, we had 
we had rented office space when we needed it but the majority of the time we all worked from home and that's really a that was really a plus and an incentive for many of the women that that worked with me throughout the years then when covid hit it wasn't much different because with the technology that we have today the lease signings um, they can be done remotely a lot of the work that we do um, is considered essential services so when it comes to showing the units and um, and inspecting the units those are considered essential services and so with the proper precautions and the proper cleaning and and care we are able to we were able to continue that work throughout all of those stages of the shutdown throughout the pandemic that's excellent and tell me about some challenges it sounds really great but did you hit some sort of snag there like with all this i'm sure got some bumps along the road <laughs> absolutely absolutely and and I think that the way that I look at it is that, um, so first of all, let me, let me take a step back and, and tell you about the team, because without the incredible team that I have on site in Durham region, I would not be able to do what I'm doing, because with property management, you absolutely need somebody on the ground. We've even tried, we've even tested different ways of screening tenants, you know, hiring out inspections, um, so that it could be done 100% remotely and not just for a property manager like myself, but an investor. But the value that a person, a trusted person on site brings is irreplaceable. The, the value that comes with meeting a tenant face to face before as part of the screening process is irreplaceable. So it will, so if some people may decide to do it, but I, at uh, our property management company, we have to meet the tenants before we decide we want to move ahead with them. Uh, some of the some of the roadblocks and the bumps. So to be honest, Francois, every day there are roadblocks. Every day there are bumps, yeah. <laughs> and some days are just more challenging than other days. Um, you know, some days I I think, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to take a break before I come back to this. And it's and it's really, it's 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 less what you think. It's less the piece that I'm not physically there. It's more of the day to day business things. And I'm going to be and I would have had to deal with those day to day business things, whether I'm in Costa Rica or whether I'm in Canada, because the communication that I have with the team, we have. Uh, multiple weekly meetings that we have um, through videos. We communicate very closely with different through different methods through phone, through text, through group chats, and of course, and of course, those video meetings that we have. And it's really like I'm I'm there. So it it from that perspective, there aren't very many challenges. I, I guess the one thing I could say is the time difference, because right now we're two hours behind. Next week, when daylight savings hits in, we're only going to be one hour behind because Costa Rica doesn't uh, change times like Canada. So that that I mean, you know, I've um, I've missed a meeting here and there. I've been late to a meeting, I should say, because I I didn't you know account for the time change. But other than that, from a perspective of like a geographical perspective, me being here hasn't really made a difference. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. 
Hey, Right Club Nation, I just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, privatebuyers.ca. On your team of experts, you're gonna wanna make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's gonna bring you some great deals off market. So most real estate investors, they're struggling to find their next deal. Private buyers, they help investors by bringing them some off-market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money. These discounted real estate deals are not on the MLS. They've been found by privatebuyers.ca who will then send them to your inbox. And they're also gonna focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs. It's just really simple, guys. Just go to privatebuyers.ca, fill out the form, and start getting and seeing some available off-market opportunities. Privatebuyers.ca. Now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. Okay, that's awesome. So, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you've got your your business, you've got feet on the street. Team is huge, right? Having the right team gives you at least that peace of mind that you can be wherever in the world and still be able to do this. But let's let's fast forward to Costa Rica because a lot of people listening to this are wondering how they can do the same. I mean, Costa Rica has a whole different way of life. It is definitely on my bucket list of places that I want to travel to next. And, you know, it might not be as difficult as people think. So maybe just walk us through like the process of how you maneuvered through moving. Um, You know, what are the things that we should know as we are preparing this? For the initial move, one of the major things that you have to do, especially as a real estate investor, is inform your bank that you're moving and inform them that you're going to be making large withdrawals, whether it's to buy a car or to buy property. And having that set up um, at the start is going to be invaluable because if you don't, you may have to fly back to Canada just to do those transactions. From a tax perspective, there is no tax treaty between Canada and Costa Rica which means that if you make money in Costa Rica and you have assets in Canada and you remain a Canadian tax citizen, then you will have to pay taxes in both countries. Um, If you are out of Canada for more than six months, you will lose your OHEP. Although we do have healthcare here in Costa Rica called CAHA, and it's um, it's a you know you you pay into it. So every month it's a it's it's very affordable um, even for a family. Um, and it's very similar to, to our healthcare in Canada. Although even people with Kaha here uh, choose to go the private route because it's not much more expensive, but the, the timing is much faster. When it comes to immigration, if you, so there are a couple of different ways to immigrate into Costa Rica. There's the investor program where if you choose to buy a home or a lot and it's over $50,000, say 50 for you, 50 for your spouse, that's $100,000, then that's an easy way to get, um, to get your residency application going. Um, there's a, um, a pensionista for those um, seniors who are on pension. Um, and then if you can prove that you're somehow making $2,000 a month and that is guaranteed income coming in every month, you can, you can go for that route. And most recently, oh, and then there's a rentista program. So that's where what um, what we thought we were going to do, but now because we've got a couple of options, we're gonna we're trusting our lawyers to see what's most what's um, what's going to speed things up for us. But the rentista program is when you come down here to rent for a year. What they want to do is they want to see sixty thousand dollars, and all of these dollars, by the way, are in U.S. So when I when I talk, it's all U.S. U.S. funds. They want to see $60,000 in the bank 
and you, what you do is you deposit that into a Costa Rican bank and you withdraw a little bit every month. So basically you have something to live off of. So that's the rentista. And most, most recently, as the pandemic um, really, uh, really showed what, um, it, what was happening, they've come up with the digital nomad uh, program. And so if you work remotely, and you show that you can get a paycheck while working remotely, you can get a 12 month visa to come and stay in the country. Wow, that's amazing. So lots, lots of great information. So that just to go back though, like I have, a, I mean, I have many questions, but the $2,000, could that be cash flow from your rents, like in the cash flow that you make, or does it have to be pension? That is specifically, it is meant for pension, but I have heard of people showing other guaranteed income. I don't know if they would consider cash flow guaranteed, but, but as a real estate investor based out of Canada, there are many options you can, you can use. Amazing. So is your plan, and then I'll let Francois, you know, ask his questions. Cause I know I see him unmuting himself, but is your plan to stay in Costa Rica then permanently, or are you planning on coming back at some point? We are planning to come back to Canada twice a year to visit family, friends, our businesses are there, of course. We have made a commitment to stay in Costa Rica for two years. And if we absolutely hate it, we're gonna try a different country. So we don't plan to come back to Canada to live. Okay, excellent. And I was curious about the, uh, when you leave Canada, isn't there like a deemed disposition? You have to pay like 50% of all your assets when you leave permanently. You Maybe with the visa you have, it may not sound permanent, permanent, but is that something you've come across? That's a great question, Francois. And the truth is that we are remaining Canadian tax citizens. We, we are still citizens from a tax perspective. So even though we're not in the country, because we have business and assets in the country, we still pay taxes and we're making money in Canada even though we're not there. And so Canada is perfectly happy continuing to collect taxes from us. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. So on top of collecting taxes, did they, did they then keep your OHIP or did they say, oh, sorry for that? No good. I'm assuming our OHIP is no good. Yeah, because after if we've been here a year now, and so, and so my understanding is you have to be in the country for six months to qualify for that open. Yeah, you can reapply quite easily though when you come back. I think it's almost like interprovincial moves. I think it's three months and then you get it back. So it's it's not horrible, but <laughs> and you say there's good health care in Costa Rica. What about like dental care and the whatever's private in Canada? Is that readily available? Oh yeah. Um, Costa Rica has the best health care in all of Central America. And the dental is great. Um, the hospitals are great. Uh, the clinics are clean. The staff is professional. They're well-equipped. They have state-of-the-art um, technology, state-of-the-art equipment. And I feel very comfortable and safe here uh, from a medical perspective. And they're a little bit cheaper awesome. too. Right. Awesome. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the real estate, uh, you know, maybe share what you've learned, I guess, being here for uh, a little while now in Costa Rica uh, about the rents, about the purchase prices, uh, just, you know, maybe some ROIs or whatever you can share real estate related wise. 
it really varies depending on what you what kind of investment you're looking at and where you're looking. Uh, Paula and I uh, purchased a three-unit property in Uvita on the southern Pacific coast. This is an Airbnb vacation rental. And this, this property is a cash cow for us. It's, uh, we didn't even plan on buying this property, but we saw it and it just, it was too good to pass up. It's uh, right on the beach. There are three um, individual casitas. Each of them have two bedrooms and a bathroom. There are two swimming pools on the property. It's fully gated. We're building a yoga gazebo, like a covered yoga deck actually. And um, there's an electronic fence. We've just put up security cameras, lots of security. It's, it's a super safe area though, but you know, it's the cameras are more for us because we're, we're actually in Potrero, we're five and a half hours away from Uvita. And it's walking distance to the beach and all of the, um, the touristy, um, restaurants and souvenir shops that sort of thing so it's so it's an excellent location perfect for vacationing and um the the thing and and then here in potrero we have a lot of excellent flip potential so here in potrero we're in the northern uh the north uh western province of guanacaste and this is where the majority of expats come and stay because there's a lot of conveniences and amenities that we North Americans are accustomed to. And the prices reflect that as well. So the prices here are much more expensive than in the southern Punta Arenas area where Vida is located. And here there is a better op opportunity for flips or uh, turnkey buy and holds. And again, what you want are those vacation rentals. You're not looking for long-term renters. You're looking for that higher ROI, short-term renter. So digital nomads. One thing that I do, yes, yes. And actually there's a, an extreme shortage of long-term rentals. We've found that um, a, uh, another one of my friends, another one of my investor friends actually uprooted her family and came and joined me here in Potrero. So I'm so happy to have her here. And um, and she and I and a couple of the other expats here have found that the long-term rental market is uh, is extremely hard because people don't want to rent to long-term tenants because the cash flow and the ROI on short-term Airbnbs is so much greater and the wear and tear is is lighter that sort of thing. Yeah. So how did you come across? your property like how did you find you know a your your area that you're you're staying in but um the the property itself because are you staying here a lot are you renting it long term we're so yes we're renting it long term but long term here means more than a month and okay. short term is you know a day or a weekend or a week even and uh so here we're staying here for a total of three months we've got we've been here for two months and we'll be moving out at the end of november uh, we're going to be moving into our next rental then. Um, the, what's great about these rentals is that they're furnished. So although this isn't my furniture, and uh, but I don't have to move it every time we move from one area to another. Uh, the way we found this is through Facebook. Now, when you come down to Costa Rica, 100% of business is done through WhatsApp and Facebook. And so you've got to go and find your Facebook password, okay? And go and join all of these Facebook groups because all of your answers are there. Your vacation rental is there. Um, you know, if you don't know where to find something, if you need 
um, heavy cream, for example. You, you, you don't know where to find heavy cream. No, none of the grocery stores have it. You go into Facebook and someone's already asked for it and you search for it. And if not, you just have to put the question out there. Um, and it's not so easy to do this and find a rental when you're still living in Canada. And so what I always recommend and what we've done is we find our first rental through Airbnb because Airbnb is reliable, it's got insurance, and if, um, and if it's not, um, so you can't get ripped off per, per se, right? So you come down here and then you start talking to people. And it's, it's, it's very different than Canada because a lot of business is done via word of mouth. And so when you start talking to people, you're on Facebook, you're in WhatsApp groups, you're, you're down at the restaurant, you know, chatting with people, you tell them that you're looking for a long-term rental. And then that's how you get connected with the right people. And then that's how you find a better deal than on Airbnb. That is so interesting how they do all that business <laughs> on WhatsApp. I've never heard of doing so much business on WhatsApp. And are you able to share like what the average rental prices are that you're seeing out there as you're looking and, uh, you know, maybe for the, the few different areas that you've stayed at? Of course. Um, the first place we stayed at was in Heredia, which is which was not a long-term option for us. It's right. Um, it's it's one of the districts of the San Jose capital that's located close to the center of the country. We want to be by the ocean, and so that's just kind of where we landed. We met our lawyers. We bought our car. We were there for six weeks, and there we paid rent at about fifteen hundred dollars a month for a three-bedroom condo on the fourth floor. And that place was great because it was close to a Walmart, by the way. It's an important question. How close is the nearest Walmart when you're coming to, to you know, stay here? And uh, there were grocery stores. There were farmer's markets. It was, it was, it's a big city. From there, we moved down to the smallest city, which was um, just next to Uvita, called Ohochal in the province of Punta Arenas on the southern western coast. And that is very far from the from the airports, the international airports, and therefore it is, it is the least developed part of the country, and it is um, the cheapest as well. But it's also it also has the best wildlife. So the farther you are from the uh, the airports, the farther you are from the big developments, and the more wildlife is around you. But that being said, large tarantulas and snakes and enormous cockroaches also fall into that category. So heads up for that comes with pros and cons. What do you think about? So like if somebody is interested in buying property there, right? Not, not renting per se. And you mentioned 50 grand times two, if you've got, you know, you're in a couple and it basically gives you the ability to, to be a resident, which I think is, is pretty cool. What are some ideas of like, you know, I don't know, a three bedroom on the beach? Like what are it? Like, I know it's obviously it varies quite a bit in terms of, of price, but maybe, I guess, if you wouldn't mind answering the difference between buying on your own or buying through a development company, like sometimes you get those development companies that build out a bunch of houses in the gated community, or, you know, you go out and you, you do your own thing. Do you have a, you know, any suggestions on, uh, or a preference on either one? And I think that that's a, that's a great question. And there's no right answer for anybody, for, for everybody, I should say, because it's going to be very individual. The, there are pros and cons to it all. So for example, we, are, um, we work full time. 
uh, and my husband works full time and I work almost full time and we don't have the capacity to manage a build, for example, um, if we were to, or manage a renovation. So for the investment property, we bought a turnkey property. Um, and for our primary residence, we do want something custom built and that's why we are going to be building it ourselves. But there are lots of properties here that are turnkey and if for someone who doesn't want to wait and pay rent for for um, perhaps a year, then you know there are, there are good options as well. I would recommend a if you if if somebody is coming down to stay in the Guanacaste area, I would recommend a gated community. There are more English speaking people here, and the additional security is um, is definitely um, helps you sleep at night. Um, but the prices are definitely higher here in Guanacaste compared to Punta Arenas. So when we were renting in uh, just outside of Uvita in, in the small town of Ojochal, we were paying $1,500 a month in rent. And that was for a three bedroom custom built home with a deep pool overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It was a stunning view. It was a stunning property. It was very spacious, high ceilings. And if that was that was a very good price in our opinion, but it was very far from the the airports, which is like I said, that's that's um, that's the trend here. And where we are now, we're only an hour away from the Liberia International Airport, and so here a similar house like that could go for maybe five thousand dollars a month. The house that we're living in now, or um, a similar house um, where it's a three-bedroom, larger home. Um, you, uh, in, including utilities and all of those extra fees, um, someone is looking at uh, between three and four thousand dollars U.S. for a monthly rent for for something like that here. Uh, when it comes to buying, though, one thing to note that I that I meant to tell you earlier is that you can't get a mortgage here, and because you can't get a mortgage, you can't refinance your property. So when you put your money into Costa Rica. It's it's here. It's in Costa Rica. You you're not burring it. That's interesting. So you're basically buying all cash in U.S. dollars, and uh, if that's a, a turnkey or a property in your building and you're doing the renos, um, is there such a thing as refinancing for Costa Ricans that have you know lived there for many years? Is it just different for uh, newcomers, or is that just a rule of how the financing works over there? As a tourist, which I technically am right now, uh, as a resident, which I will be, there are no financing options through the government. For some citizens, there are, but it's really reserved for the natives of the country. There are, however, vendor takebacks, and that's absolutely an option for us as, as, as expats, as tourists, as residents. Well, that's a great strategy. To, yeah, to help supplement sometimes the down payments, you work with an existing owner or a land developer, like you mentioned earlier about buying a lot. Let's say you were developing, you could hold some of the financing for the buyers. One thing I did hear, maybe you can correct me, but the furniture, I was told it's better to hire someone local and actually have it custom made than try to order it from Canada or USA or somewhere. Yes, yes. Anything that comes in from another country is subject to extreme 
high, extremely high import taxes. For some reason, the natives here really value American built furniture, even if it's not well built. And they value, so for example, there was, um, there was some furniture that was imported from a, from a US supplier or US manufacturer. It was very cheap, it scratched easily, it was made of plastic, it was poor build quality, but it was incredibly more popular and incredibly more expensive than beautiful teak that was hand carved and polished and built you know, to great quality standards by a native Tico here where we're um, giving work to the natives and we're supporting the economy. Um, from a North American perspective, that, that natural wood, that, that handmade teak piece of furniture is more beautiful and it's, it's got better energy and it's just more desirable and it's better quality um, and it's cheaper, which is the funny part, right? So, so it's, uh, it's, it's a good situation from that perspective. <laughs> and you can customize. It's an interior designer's dream. I used to do interior design. I would love to custom everything. You can specify the height of the leg, the feet, the wood, the stain. It's crazy. So why not take advantage of it? So that's another exciting thing about investing in Costa Rica. So are most houses sold furnished then, if that's kind of tougher to to source or sold furnished i don't think so like existing no okay so a lot of people still move their their furniture but around. rented furnished the majority of of properties are rented furnished and and actually one more thing i'd like to touch on francois is the reason that it's cheaper to have somebody here build a piece of furniture as opposed to to buy it is because or, or somebody have somebody build a similar piece of furniture in Canada is because the hourly labor costs are are unbelievably cheap here, which is um, why a flip is a great option for a Canadian investor in Costa Rica. the um, The cost of a flip is significantly lower than in Canada because of those affordable um, labor costs. That is interesting. I, I'm curious then if, so if the labor is, is uh, you know, less expensive and, and local product, I guess, sounds like it's less expensive as long as you don't import it. Um, you know, does it have the same lift, you know, when you're looking at the after repair value versus the purchase price as we would be used to here? Uh, or, you know, or does it, uh, is it different? In this area, it absolutely does. It's very similar to the market that we're used to in Southern Ontario. Um, in some of the further, um, in some of the further cities, there is not as much lift and just it's because of the demand. There's not as much demand. Although uh, here you can, uh, a very great, a great project here would be to buy a, uh, a Tico style house is, is what we call it. and and convert it into a more modern home. So maybe um, change the floors, you know, fix the walls, paint, update the cabinets and the countertop, um, fix the bathroom, and you know, just those things on the interior would give you um, would really increase the value of your property, because 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 we talk about two kinds of houses here. 
the, the Tico homes and the modern North American homes. And depending on the kind of, the kind of uh, client that you're looking to, to serve, then you want one or the other, but the modern homes, everybody will go for. We have a lot of, um, we have a lot of renters in Costa Rica that live in Costa Rica, a lot of vacation renters. So the majority of the population is in San Jose in the center of the country. And so for weekends and holidays, this area by the beach, it's packed because everybody is driving out here with their families and vacationing here to spend the, the holidays at the beach with their family. So there is a lot, the, the, um, the tourism isn't just from outside of the country. A lot of it is from inside the country too. And that is awesome. It's super interesting. And, uh, you know, congratulations for being able to, you know, pick up and leave, you know, with a child as well. I mean, that's always a very big decision, but uh, you know, it, it looks like you've, you've, uh, you're happy and you know, you're, you're living the life, which is, which is awesome. And, uh, that's why we do real estate investing. That's why we start, uh, businesses that can be remote and build good teams. Um, so Natasha, the next part of our podcast is a lightning round. So we are going to ask you four questions. Every guest gets the same four questions. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right, so first question, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Don't be afraid of debt. Yeah, we all have, we all have it. That's how we got to where we are, right? You got to take some debt to make some money. <laughs> it's great, great advice. So question number two, what is your, your favorite resource for real estate investing? Could be a, a club, a book, a podcast. I would have to say books. And, and I don't know if I can pick one specifically, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a reader and I, and I consume a lot of business and real estate investing books. Yeah, that's a good answer because it's constantly evolving. I mean, we hear a lot of the same books. That's great. But there's lots being published and printed out all the time or not even printed digital books. So great answer. Thank you. Awesome. Question number three, what is the one attribute in your opinion that has made you most successful? Definitely, definitely that I have a gift for understanding people. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, especially changing cultures in a way, like even though people may speak the same language, that cultural empathy is, is enormous to make you more adaptable. So another great answer. And the last question, question number four. So what do you typically do on a Sunday morning in Costa Rica of all places? <laughs> I, uh, we, we love our coffee here. Costa Rican coffee is, is delicious. And we have our coffee, my husband and I, before our daughter wakes up. And we usually just walk the beach. We walk the beach almost every day. 
That sounds like a dream. Yeah. Amazing. Natasha, where can the Right Club Nation reach out and find out more about you? You guys can call me. Um, we've got our 800 number that I'll share with you. It's 888-641-8889. And my email address is natasha at icpmpros.com. Amazing. And from uh, real estate's property management standpoint, what areas do you cover? In Ontario, we cover Durham Region, Clarington, and we are opening up to Peterborough very soon. Amazing. You know what? I've had lots of inquiries about who do I recommend for Peterborough. So uh, we'll definitely connect with that. Awesome. Natasha, thank you for being on our podcast. It was a pleasure speaking to you again. And, uh, you know, you're living the dream. This is, uh, this is why we do real estate. This is why we have businesses. This is why we're entrepreneurs. So thank you very much for sharing and, and providing some insights on how our Right Club Nation can move to Costa Rica and do it themselves as well. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. So Sarah, how tempting is that? What, where can you see yourself? I think I know the answer, but I'll still ask you. <laughs> I mean, anywhere in Costa Rica is probably good, somewhere by a beach. But I, I like how she's picked a few different cities and moves every three months to explore and, you know, sees if there is one that she really wants to stay at more permanently. But, you know, I, I would love to do the same thing. And then you'll probably find what speaks to you the most. What about you? Yeah, so I love that strategy as well, discovering the country. Because it's like Canada. Let's say you arrived here, you go to Alberta, Ontario, BC, Quebec, like what's what gives? So and and especially Costa Rica, I heard has 21 different climates. So you want to know what's what's the vibe and what's going on. And I would do the, exactly the same. I think it's pretty cool that you could, uh, you know, spend a hundred grand essentially between a, a couple or 50 by yourself and you are a, a, a citizen, well, not a citizen, yes. but a, a resident of, uh, of Costa Rica. So it comes with some perks and I think that's pretty cool. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Don't forget, leave a rating and review and we will see you next week. What do we say, Francois to the Right Club Nation? Customize your life and come grow with us. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.